0: that the Gospels are true. How do we know that the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are true? And I'm not not—I'm not necessarily talking about the textual criticism that it can go under. You know, I'm not talking about looking at different manuscripts, comparing them to one another, and seeing if there's more than just like spelling mistakes or grammatical errors. But I'm talking about how do we know that the content itself is true? See, I finished this amazing book recently. It's called Another Gospel. And it touches on this, this movement that seeks to redefine Christianity, known as progressive Christianity. And what this does is it takes it takes 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 16. Completely out of context, (laughs) you know, and it basically believes the opposite. So the verse reads, "All Scripture is God breathed, and is used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness." So that let's look at that first part. All Scripture is God breathed. So that refers to all sixty six books of the Bible. Those are it's God breathed, but Progressive Christianity has this idea where that's not the case and that there are other books that we should be looking to. And there are parts within the 66 books that just simply aren't true. So one example is uh, those who follow progressive Christianity may honestly believe that Jesus didn't actually resurrect, which is quite odd. Um, or it begins to seek more, uh, or it just it just starts to reinterpret scripture. Dr. Bart Ehrman grew up in a Christian church, in a Christian family, and he recently, uh, I I think he labels himself now as agnostic or atheist, um, but but he he turned away from Christianity because he saw that the gospels contradicted one another so again just how, how do we know that the gospels are true i i want to just mention four four reasons that i found that i found them to be true um, these are I got these uh, mostly from the I don't have enough faith to be an atheist book from chapter 11. So this is where uh this material kind of comes from, but I just want to share four four reasons that I found. By the way, I didn't I didn't introduce myself yet. My name's Kira. I uh I like working out. Um I don't have a degree in theology. I just really like learning about Jesus. Um, and I I feel called to just share what it's like to to be a Christian, specifically what it's been like for me to just live as a Christian in Seattle. Uh, you can find other podcast episodes and my blog at kiragothier.com. That website, along with other material referenced today, will all be somewhere in the description below, so definitely check that out, because uh, there are some scholars and authors that I'll include in there that are far wiser than me on my best day, <laughs> so one of the reasons why I see the Gospels, so again, this is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, why I see them to be true is, well, these New Testament writers include very embarrassing details about themselves. So raise your hand if you've ever um, made up a story and then included like really embarrassing details about yourself. Probably no one, right? Like when we are when we lie, we often make ourselves the heroes of our story. You know, we like to make ourselves look good. So in the New Testament, we see that, uh, for example, in mark nine thirty two and John sixteen sixteen, that the disciples sometimes fail to just understand what Jesus is saying. It like goes completely over their heads. That's pretty embarrassing. Um another example is Peter is called Satan <laughs> by Jesus. We see that in mark eight thirty three. Also, after the death and resurrection, we see the women find the tomb. You know, the men are all cowards. Again, these things are very embarrassing. You don't see the disciples, the, the writers, you don't see them be the heroes of the story. Right? They are very candid about what what's happening. Um, and, and side tangent, actually, if you uh, if you want to start your own religion, make sure make sure you belittle women, okay? If you want to make up start start a religion, make sure you do that. Because that's kind of what you see in several religions today. Women are often belittled. Not in Christianity, right? The the women are the brave ones in the story. Um in Ephesians 5:22, husbands are told to love love their wife as Christ loves the church. Um you know and, and husbands are are called to like that that was just new. That's a new concept in that in that time frame for husbands to be commanded to love their wives as Christ loves the church. So, if you want to start your own religion, um write this down, okay? Belittle women. All right, make sure that they're they're totally less than make sure that they're just objects or property, okay? So do that you want if you want to start a fake religion <laughs> and and last and you know one of the other examples is so th- these disciples, the writers are doubters. Jesus time and time again talks about how he would rise from the dead. They're very doubtful when they hear of his resurrection uh, when Jesus is praying right before. Mm-hmm. Right before his crucifixion um you know he's praying and he's telling his his three best friends like i need you to stay awake i need you to pray uh, you know and he's he, like jesus is just he's just in distress man like i i can't even imagine i can't even imagine the pain and the anxiety that he's going through but he's asking his besties to just stay up and pray with him <laughs> and they fall asleep and he gets mad at him and then they fall asleep again So again, there's things, there's details mentioned where it's like they could have easily just cut it out, but they didn't. Why? Why do you think it was so important that they included these embarrassing details? Secondly, one of the reasons why I can say that the Gospels are true is they also include embarrassing details and the difficult sayings of Jesus. So in John 6 66, it mentions that Jesus is deserted by many of his followers. Like that's, that's your Messiah guys. That's, that's quite embarrassing. Why did anyone leave that out? Who, who edited this? Who's your publisher? Uh, demon, demon possessed is one of the things that Jesus is called. We see that, uh, mentioned in Mark three twenty two, And then it, it shows up in the other gospels, um, uh, here's here's one that actually a lot of Christians, including myself, uh, this one trips me up. So Jesus claims to be God, period. We know that. Jesus is Lord. We know that, period. But then sometimes within the Gospels, it almost seems like he's contradicting that. And, you know, a little, little side note with that is... At least when I'm reading the Bible now, I realize that sometimes Jesus does contradict that because we know that Jesus was fully man and fully God. So sometimes these contradictions have to do with him being fully man rather than him being fully God. Like he's trying to explain both and trying to under, trying to explain that man him as fully man has certain limitations. He's not he doesn't know everything that the Father knows. You know, he says that the father is greater than he is. Uh, but then he also says that he is he is equal with the father. Again, much easier if you could just like cut that out or uh, say something different because you know that people are going to read this and think that it's going to be a contradiction. But uh, my, my friend who's reading the Bible and you see these, this is why it's important that you look at the context, that you look at that you don't just, just read scripture, that you understand what is happening in scripture. So sometimes when you see that, uh, just side note, sometimes Jesus, when he says these things, he is trying to describe that there are certain limitations with him as fully man. Yet he is also fully God. Just like how First uh, John, or just like how the book of John opens up. In the beginning, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. Thirdly, uh, there are more than thirty historically confirmed people in the writing, so uh, like Pilate, Caiaphas, Felix, um, the entire Herodian bloodline, uh, etc. And this is important because, again, if you if you want to make up your own story and, then not really be held accountable for it, definitely don't include other people. Um, but, but they do. And if you're going to include these people, you, you would expect that they would also say the truth, or if not that someone, one of these 30 people or family members or, um, friends or people that know them would either then easily just be like, hey, actually, that's not what happened, not at all. Um, And lastly, the one that I I really want to focus on is these divergent details. So this goes back to what Dr. Ehrman says, where he doesn't believe the Bible because he sees these divergent details appear throughout the Gospels. Um, so one example is, I believe this is at the, the tomb, the gospel of Matthew says that there was one angel, whereas John mentions two. And so people will easily read this or also there's, there's this whole debate of like how many women were at the tomb, but you know, my point is, is that there There are certain details that are mentioned in one gospel and then seem to be left out or seems to contradict the first gospel and the other gospels. Um, but what i've what I've been realizing is this doesn't actually break the law of contradiction that Matthew would say one, and John would say two. Because it's not that the Gospel of Matthew says there was only one angel, and the Gospel of John says there were exactly two angels. It One just mentions that there was one, and one mentions that there was two. Like with two different newspaper reporters covering the exact same story, you're going to choose to include different details within their stories. In fact, think about it, even... If, if you ran into, okay, let's, let's play, uh, let's play forensics. If you were, uh, you know, interviewing two people and they had the exact same story of what happened, that would seem a lot more sketchy, wouldn't it? If people share the exact same story, no differing details at all, then you would think, okay, they must've, they talked, they definitely talked beforehand, to make sure they got their story, their story all sorted out, so that way they could say the same thing. But we know that that's that's not what happens. Okay, watch the next time you and your buddy go to I don't know a Fright Fest and you get chased by uh, by a scary guy in a, in a ski mask um, with a a fake chainsaw. Watch <laughs> watch how you tell that story versus how your friend tells that story. gonna I'm going to place money that you guys will not share the story in the same way. That doesn't mean that you guys are contradicting one another, but it means that you just have experienced that from different perspectives and different details stand out more than others. Uh, You know, and and so we see that throughout the Gospels. We don't see contradictions, but we see different details mentioned and certain details meant left out. And what's even more interesting is is that if you actually like look at the uh, the audience at which these gospels were addressed to, because they they have different audiences that also that also affects what's mentioned in one gospel versus what's mentioned in another. The ones that address um, the the Jewish audience, it focuses on a lot more of these prophecies to show that, hey, Jesus, the Messiah. He's fulfilling all of these, man. Look at what happened. Look at how he does this. Versus uh, like the Gospel of John, it focuses a lot more on these, this I am and this, the theology and that Jesus is Lord. Uh, why? Because this is more addressed to people who have never heard of God and don't believe in God. You know, critics say that they'll either complain that the gospels are too uniform or too divergent but which one is it truly friend see i see the gospels as this this beautiful balance simon greenfield or sorry simon greenleaf this harvard law professor who uh, wrote the standard study on what constitutes legal evidence um, credits his his conversion to Christianity as having come from careful examination of the gospel witnesses. You know he concluded that the four gospels would have been received as evidence in any court of justice without the slightest hesitation. We see that the gospels are this perfect balance of being uniform and divergent. These are only four of the the reasons why I see the Gospels are to be true. Don't even get me started on the fact that there is no greater evidence than saying that Jesus resurrected. He died and resurrected. You know, don't don't even get me started on the... uh, on the claims of that. Don't even get me started on, on the fact that these disciples, they risked everything for Christianity. It doesn't make sense for them to, to die for a lie. People don't do that. So I, I encourage you friend to, to read the gospels, see that, they don't differ in the way that that Dr. Ehrman will say that they will. i I ask that you you read them and that you research them. All right, Be firm in your faith, Christian. Be so firm in your faith. I'm gonna pray us out if that's okay with you. Dear God, the gospels are true. I know this because these New Testament writers included embarrassing details about themselves. They made sure to differentiate between what they said versus what Jesus said, because it was just that important. They even included the embarrassing details and difficult sayings of Jesus. God, they they talked about, they mentioned more than thirty historically confirmed people in their writing, people won't do that if they're if they're going about and telling lies. God, they mentioned they there's divergent details within the text, and this tells us that they didn't talk to one another to make sure that they all included the same story. But we see the beauty in the differing details, yet it's the same same truth that you jesus died for our sins and rose again and that it's through our faith in you that we can be saved god that is the whole story that is the good news the good news is it's not based on our works it's not based on if we don't get canceled or not our salvation is based in you alone, in our belief that you are Lord, as you claim to be. God, you, God Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life, and we know this to be true. You died for our sins and resurrected, because because you love us, and out of, and based on our belief in that. We can be saved, God, and so I pray that we are saved. I pray that we see the truth that is only found in the gospel. God, I pray that we can share this with as many people as possible and make heaven so stinking crowded. God, I just pray over a revival. God, bring us all to you, Lord. Let us see who Jesus claimed to be. He is Lord. Amen.